Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, welcome to the weekly Soccer Pub edition of Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher. At the end of the show, we're joined by Drew Dinsick and Brad Thomas to offer up our best bets in the Premier League. But first, let's welcome in Danny Higginbotham, uh, NBC analyst, uh, former Stoke City captain, right around the time, Danny, that you were tormenting uh, Fabregas' <laughs> arse and all my beloved gunners. So great to have you on the show. Uh, we're going to talk about relegation and top six, but let's start with the Champions League. Uh, let's start with Madrid City. Uh, very captivating game, I think. It's an interesting one. It looked like City were on the ropes a little bit in the second half. And then moment of brilliance from Kevin De Bruyne, as he is prone to. But uh, what did you make of the first leg? And uh, who do you think will ultimately go through? Oof. It, it's really interesting because Real Madrid, they so many times in the Champions League, they lead you into a false sense of security. The way that Manchester City were playing, they looked as though they were just going to be dominant. Real Madrid couldn't get out of their own half. And it's almost as though they set traps and they then allow Manchester City forward. Then all of a sudden they break. And that's obviously how they got their goal. You know, Vinicius Junior, it's a wonderful strike. And then, as you quite rightly said, it looked as though they had Manchester City on the ropes a little bit because Manchester City started to run out of ideas. But the thing is, when you look at this Manchester City team, the players that they have, They've got so many game changers. You know, it's not just one or two. They're all over the pitch. And I think what started to happen was Manchester City eventually started to get control in the midfield area. Then De Bruyne, we know the capabilities that, that he has. And then obviously the, the equaliser was just a phenomenal strike. Just everything about it, his body shape. It's just one of those goals you can just watch again and again and again. Um, so it was it was a really good game from, from that perspective. Now, Manchester City, I think you have to make them favourites. I don't think there's there's any question about it. You know, they will fancy their chances back at the Etihad. But Real Madrid, we've, we've seen, you know, write them off at your, at your own peril because they always seem to find an answer. But I honestly do feel as though Manchester City have got a little bit too much, but it will be a close game. Yeah, Man City are minus 350 to go through. So pretty heavy favourites now. Minus 150 to win the Champions League. So the market thinks they're about a 60% chance to win the Champions League from here. Um, Danny, do you subscribe to the idea that Pep does over-tinker in Champions League ties? Thinking back to you know, playing uh, Gundogan at defensive mid against mm. Chelsea in the final or whatever he was doing against Lyon a couple of years ago? Or do you think that's a little overblown? 
Um, it's a good question because it's something that I've thought about myself. And at times you do look at it and think, yeah, he does overthink. Like you, you quite rightly say, when I think when they played against Chelsea in the Champions League, he played without a centre-forward. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously since then we've seen them do that on a number of occasions. But I think the difference now is Haaland. So I don't think there's a necessity to overthink because what you've got now in Haaland is, for me, the best centre-forward in the world. Uh, the way that he plays and what he does, he brings he brings two different styles. If Manchester City wants to play through the press, they still have the ability to do that with the quality players that they have. But what we saw in particular when they beat Arsenal um, at home in the Premier League, they were happy to go over the, the Arsenal press. Arsenal pressed them really, really high. And at times they were just said, OK, well, we'll just go over that. We'll go to Haaland. So what you've got now is a centre forward that can adapt really to a couple of ways that, that Pep Guardiola might want to play. Um, we've, all, we've obviously already seen what he's done this season, a lot of times in particular with John Stones, you know, a centre-back or a full-back going into that midfield area. And John Stones has been absolutely phenomenal. So I think Guardiola's probably got to a place in the moment where he's content and he's happy with the way that his team play. So therefore, I don't think we'll see any overthinking for him in the second leg. Yeah, it seems like he's gotten to a place with the team as well where he can just roll out the same yeah. unit operation. They play Grealish and Bernardo Silva over Riyad Myers and Phil Foden, but I don't think that's too controversial uh, and largely seemed to work. Uh, let's quickly touch on Inter against Milan in the other kind of forgotten tie. Yeah. Do you think that this these two teams are largely playing for the right to get hammered in the final? <laughs> or do you think that Inter in particular might be able to give uh, Madrid or City a, a run for their money? It's it's a difficult one. And, and that's exactly the same thing that I was thinking yesterday. You know, you're watching, you're watching AC Milan and Milan, you're thinking to yourselves, if it's Manchester City 100%, you're thinking that one of these teams are going to be the runner-up. But then you look at the midfield that the Inter Milan have. You know, they've got the likes of Chalonoglu, Barella, Mkhitaryan. And, you know, the midfield was was excellent yesterday. I thought they dominated the game, obviously getting the, the two early goals. And, and AC Milan didn't seem to have an answer. So, yeah, I think who, if Manchester City get to the final, as you quite rightly stated, they're going to be huge favourites. But it's just one of those things where we have seen from Manchester City in, in certain seasons when you think they're going to go all the way, when you think they're going to get past the semi-finals, when you think they're going to win the final, they just don't. And something seems to happen with them. Um, so you can't write off either of the Milan teams, depending on who goes through. Obviously, into Milan, they're, they're going to be huge favourites to go through. And, you know, Real Madrid as well, they're, they're going to be looking at it and going, hang on a second, we're still well in this. You only have to look at what they did when they went to Anfield. It was absolutely incredible. I think Liverpool took a two-goal lead. And then they they just came back when you think that, you know, the game's over and the experience that they've got, the know-how. And I think that's the key for them. When you look at this Manchester City team, there's some phenomenal world-class players in it. But as in terms of winning the Champions League, you know, there's... I don't know whether there's actually any players within that squad. Obviously, Guardiola's won it before as a manager. But then you look at this Real Madrid team. And this has serial Champions League winners in it that know how to do it. And I just wonder whether that will, will play a part in it is in terms of the mentality and the Etihad crowd as well.
Yeah, certainly. If it's if it's a nil all with 70 minutes gone, uh, it's going to get a little tight, I would think, mm-hmm. uh, at the Etihad. Uh, because you're not just facing Benzema and Vinicius. It feels like you're facing Raul and Morientes and all the guys who wore the jersey in the past. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure that will be looming. Uh, let's pivot to the Premier League. Uh, a manic Monday with 21 goals in three games. That would be a pretty good weekend in Serie A mm-hmm. across 10 matches. But uh, one of the big... Big winners from that Monday was Everton, who are, as underdogs, pull off a 5-1 win over Brighton, just completely bossed the game and uh, probably probably saved their season. Uh, are they any chance to, to upset Man City on Sunday, with Man City perhaps looking ahead to Real Madrid? I think in, an, in ordinarily, you would probably say potential to do that. But I think it's going to be very difficult because I think personally what's happened this year, we've seen over the last few seasons with Guardiola. You know, he he was brought into Manchester City. They'd already won the Premier League. The aim for him coming into the club was to win the Champions League. I think that's that's one of the things when he came to the club, it was like, right, this is what we want you to do. We want you to go and win the Champions League for us. And he's got very close so far. Obviously, he's not won it yet. Um, and I also think this is a little bit personal for Pep Guardiola as well, uh, as in terms of the Premier League. They look as though they're going to go on and win it. Now, Arsenal have been absolutely outstanding this season. Now, I think Pep Guardiola, he looks at Arsenal and thinks, if Arsenal win the league, wow, I allowed Zinchenko to go there. I allowed Jesus to go there. And my old assistant manager, manager Arteta, he's now the manager there as well. So I think as much as Pep Guardiola wants to win the Premier League, I think there's also a personal side of things here. And what I love about Guardiola is the way that people will always go on, oh yeah, well, he's got this unbelievable squad so he can rotate. He always gets to a point in the season. This is why they have strong finishes. February, March time, you find that the majority of players have played a similar amount of games, whether that be starting games and then coming off at halftime when the job's done like they did against Leicester City a few weeks ago, whether it's players being rested like we've seen with De Bruyne in recent weeks. So I I think it'll be a tough game for Manchester City. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but I think... I think they have enough. Everton got an incredible result against Brighton. Um, If you look back at Sean Dice last season, he went to Brighton last February, I think it was, with Burnley. And they won 3-0, so he sort of got their number. The way that he played against Brighton was was magnificent. Um, But it's going to be a very, very tough call, I think, for, for Everton to get anything out of the game. Like You're looking at relegation now. I think 34 points gets you safe. So from that, Everton, I'm just looking at it now. Everton would need two points then from the last three games they've got, which are City at home, Wolves away, Bournemouth at home. So I think I think they'll be fine based on the last two performances, Leicester City away and Brighton away. But I think it'll just be a stretch too far this weekend. Yeah, and the thing is with City is that, you know, it's not like a situation where you know, Real Madrid, they rested players uh, against Real Sociedad uh, a week ago and, you know, they got bossed in that game. If City are resting guys and they're bringing Riyad Mahrez off the bench, they're bringing <laughs> yeah. Paul Foden off the bench, I mean, these guys would be the best player at 10, 15 Premier League clubs. Yeah. So uh, it's a depth of riches. Uh, talking about relegation, looks like Southampton unfortunately, are likely to go down now. They're not mathematically eliminated yet, but it would take effectively a miracle at this point. Uh, who do you think are the two teams most It's And th- this is where it gets very difficult because previous to the games on Monday, I'm going in and I'm thinking, Leicester are going to be absolutely fine. Leicester are going to be fine. Yep. Um, 
and I'm worried about Everton. And then I'm like, Forest will be fine. Now, all of a sudden, I'm, link- I'm thinking to myself, Leicester City, you've got Liverpool at home on Monday. You know, so the pressure could well be on them then, or it could be an opportunity for them to, to break clear a little bit. If I had to say who I think's going to go down, I think it's going to be, I think Southampton, obviously, I think if they don't win at the weekend, I think they're relegated. Yep. Um, Leeds, I really fear for them. Oh, and then it, it's such a tough call because I look at Forest, but their home form, but the games that they've got left, they've got Chelsea away, Arsenal at home, Palace away. I think they only need a point because I think it's going to be 34. As yep. much as it pains me to say it, if I'm looking at it right at the here and now instead of fast-forwarding to, to the end of the games Monday, I fear for Leicester after that performance at Fulham. Yeah, and you know they were a team that was been you know flirting around the top four, uh, mm. and obviously a massive fall for them. Uh, just quickly, Danny, what did you think of the Allardyce signing? Were you behind that, or was it was very a very just strange thing to happen in the season with four games to go? And what did you see from uh, from Leeds at the the Etihad? Well, I think what we saw with Sam Allardyce, I don't think he gets the the credit he deserves. At sometimes, I think people just look at him at times and say, "Oh, he's just a defensive manager," um, but. You know, to go to the Etihad when, you know, most teams have been going there this season and really, really struggled, the key was going to be goal difference. And they kept that down um, by just getting beat 2-1. Now, the only problem that you've got now is that Sam Allardyce, we know that he's defensively strong. That's the way that he works. But he hasn't gotten out. Rodrigo, obviously, there's going to be, you know, the pressures on him because you look at him when he was at Sunderland, he had the foe. When he was at Crystal Palace, he had Benteke. Um, It was the same when he was at Blackburn, he had Benny McCarthy. So he had natural goal scorers. So therefore he could defend deep, knowing full well that his centre forward only needed one chance. I'm not convinced that that's the case at at Leeds. And obviously they play Newcastle at at home this weekend. Um, Then they've got West Ham away, then Spurs at home. I just think it's going to be too much for Leeds. Um, I really do. And it's like, it it pains me to say, because I don't like saying which teams... I think are going to go down. But if you're asking me right at this specific moment, then Southampton, I think that's a given. And then Leicester City and Leeds United. But you could ask me Tuesday morning and it could be completely different. It's it's a shame because you're going to see a couple of really big clubs go down. But, you know, it, it's going to be unbelievably exciting as a, as a neutral, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think with Allardyce, I mean, I, I think he gets a bit of a bad rap now because of some of the headlines that he's made. I mean, I think people forget that, you know, he was a, basically a revolutionary in the Premier League. Yeah. And what he did with that Bolton team is as impressive as any manager really has done with the overperforming that they did. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you want teams like Leeds and Leicester to stick around, but someone's got to go down. Uh, pivoting to the top of the table, uh, a couple mm. of teams that are vying for a top six finish uh, in a European spot, Aston Villa being the form team of the past six to eight weeks since Unai Emery came in. And then Tottenham, who have had maybe the strangest season of anyone, uh, they play this weekend. Villa are slight favourites. Do you expect that Villa will win and uh, keep their top six hopes alive? I do, yeah. I think the way that the way that Emery's since he's gone in has been absolutely brilliant. The way that he's transformed them, um, Watkins. Now, I think one of the problems was previously a lot of the time was that Watkins would find himself isolated. Now, what Aston Villa are doing, they're playing. They're still playing similar to like a 4-4-2, but it's, it ends up a lot of the time like a 4-2-2-2. So now all of a sudden, Watkins is getting the support. The fullbacks are getting forward and they just seem like a really well-oiled machine. Um, and they've got players playing at the top of their capabilities. You've got um, 
you've just got really, really good players there now. I think there's an understanding and everybody's at the top of their game. Whereas with Tottenham, you just don't know what you're going to get. Score goals, concede goals. And that's why I think that Villa will be able to take advantage because if I look at Villa, I think defensively they're stronger than Tottenham. And I think that going forward, they'll create a lot of problems for the Tottenham defence. So I would I would go for a Villa home win. Yep. I think that makes sense to me. They're uh, yeah, just a more solid and reliable yes. team than Tottenham uh, at this point. Well, Danny, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're working My on pleasure. a lot of things at the moment. Uh, can you tell people where to follow you on social media and uh, and what you're working on? Yeah, on uh, on Twitter, I'm on Higginbotham05. And this, this weekend, obviously doing MLS, uh, which I'm really enjoying, traveling, seeing all these different places, different teams. And then I'm in actually NBC on Monday for, for Leicester City Liverpool, which is going to be huge for, for the top and the bottom end of the table. Yeah, massive match that one. Well, Danny, appreciate the time again and I uh, look forward to speaking to you soon. Cheers. My pleasure. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Before we bring in Drew and Brad, a reminder that there really is no offseason in the NFL. And this morning on the Today Show, we revealed the 2023 season. We'll kick off with the Detroit Lions, the fourth favorite in the NFC, taking on the Super Bowl champion Chiefs in Kansas City on September 7th. To find out the remainder of the schedule for every team in the league, tune into Peacock, the NFL Network, or NFL Plus tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. And prepare to circle your favorite matchups and weeks this fall. We'll also dedicate our entire Bet the Edge show Friday, tomorrow, to NFL Futures. There's a couple of nice, juicy ones percolating, which I'm excited to talk about. But anyway, let's bring in Drew Dinsick and Brad Thomas now. Talk about our favorite bets of the weekend. Good to see you, gentlemen. Uh, Brad, let's start with you. What's your best bet? My best bet, Everton versus Manchester City. Manchester City first half money line. I locked it in at minus 105. It's moved up to minus 125, but shop that around. I'd probably play it up to minus 128. So I think we're getting a little bit of value in this line. If we think about the last time these two teams played, uh, Everton was able to get something out of that game. And then in leg one against Real Madrid, uh, they they drew, right? 
But if you want to hear Pep talk himself, he said, if you think they're going to go to the Bernabeu and win by multiple goals, you're out of your mind or you're crazy or whatever he said. Because for championship clubs in big matches, the away leg coming away with a point, a, a draw is actually a win. So I'm not putting any stock in that at all, right? Everton are coming off this 5-1 thrashing of Brighton. They are going to come back down to reality against a very, very good Manchester City side. Some people might be worried about rotating too much. Uh, Pep's not going to rotate. Why? Because he has a trouble on his mind. <laughs> he wants to win this Premier League title. Actually, what Pep does when he has big midweek fixtures coming up, he actually likes to play very strong 11s early, get up, control, and then take his guys out around the 60, 70th minute. But they're so deep that even if he does rotate a little bit, I'm not worried about this at all. And if we want to talk about a percentage or an implied odds percentage, they have a 56% first half win percentage this season. If you're getting it all the way up to minus 128, that gets you about 55.8. So you're still a little bit under that implied odds number. So I like City to cruise first half. Also, a little fun fact before I kick it over to you guys is the last time Everton took points away from City in both fixtures of the season was 2017. So if, if they go down at first half or it's draw at first half, you better believe that I'm betting Manchester City money line. Yep. Feels like uh, feels like Everton they did their did their hard yards against Brighton yep. and uh, can probably look ahead to the last two uh, more manageable fixtures. So I don't mind that. All right, Drew. Um, no Crystal Palace today for you. I see. <laughs> what well, of course, Crystal Palace is on my card, but it's not yeah. my best bet. Um, in fact, hey, we're getting down to the end of the season, and some people think I'm chasing to try to get my uh, my football uh, figure right before the end of the season, and I'm all over the place this weekend. Biggest uh, card of the of the uh, entire season for me. Uh, I do like Crystal Palace to get right against Bournemouth. Weirdly, Bournemouth with the uh, the thirty goal differential to the bad, somehow completely avoiding any of the you know the um, relegation. Yeah. <laughs> completely fine, you know, safe from relegation. That is some true wizardry because I think Leicester is like fifteen goal, you know. 15 goals, uh, you know, in the negative, and that's you know, so impressively done by Bournemouth. But anyway, I like I do like Crystal Palace to get right against them. I like Nottingham to uh, potentially take a point from Chelsea. Chelsea obviously reeling. Uh, Newcastle, I think, gets right against Leeds. But I'm going to circle as my best bet uh, Aston Villa. I like them on the three way money line. Um, and I, I think you that. can probably, I think you can probably let this set price settle in a little bit because this market's been pretty volatile. I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but it opened around plus 156. It's gotten bet uh, aggressively. I saw it hit as low as about plus 114, and it's now starting to drift back a little bit as people are taking some draw, taking some Tottenham here. So um, I do think the villains are the right side in this one. I think ultimately their ability to kind of get, you know, the pressure is on. They, they've been very, very, very you know, outwardly spoken about how seriously they are taking this particular match at home. Um, and uh, I think realistically, Tottenham, with sort of their propensity for giving up early goals, uh, putting themselves in a difficult position, I think they're probably one of the worst, if not the worst, in the Premier League at conceding in the first 15 minutes of a game. Villains, I think, can get an early uh, goal on the score sheet and then play. You know, that takes a little bit of the pressure off this team and then they can you know put away a comfortable victory against a Spurs team that you know doesn't really look anything like the team we expected to start the season so uh villains for me uh in the on, on the three-way money line and um i'm i'm hovering to see if we can get in like the plus 125 plus 130 range as it's uh, starting to drift back here but uh, my fair price is uh closer to a pick em. i like it well i'm staying in the west midlands for my mm. best bet drew going doubling down with aston villa betting them to finish in the top six which is 16 to one 
And what I like about this is that there are three teams left that they can catch realistically to get a top six spot. And the Villains, they have three games left and they play all three of those teams. They play Tottenham, they play Liverpool, and they play Brighton. And that gives you a lot more variance to be able to not necessarily control their own destiny because I think they'll still need a little bit of help, but the fact that they can basically dent the chances of their direct opposition with every win that is helping them finish top six. The English market is more being priced like, you know, they are where they are in the table and this is what typically happens in terms of uh, getting results against other teams. But the fact that they play all three of the teams directly above them, uh, most notably, I mean, Liverpool's going to take some catching. That's not really that realistic. But the fact they play Tottenham and Brighton, both yeah. in the West Midlands, they have both those games at home. Uh, I think that if they win both of those, then they're in very good position to finish in the top six. So, uh, so I'll take the villains there. What do you think of that, Brad? You on board with Aston Villa? I actually like that. Listen, Brighton, uh, if we look at expected versus actual points this season, Brighton is probably one of the biggest underperformers. So yeah. we already know what's going to happen there. And then Tottenham are god-awful on the road. They they concede way too much on the road. So I think they win that game. I, I like that price. I, I mean, I might throw down and chase it with you. Yeah. I, I, realistically, if we beat Tottenham, that's going to be 300 when we wake up on Sunday morning, right? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, if, they, if they do that, then they're basically level on points with Tottenham. They will have played a game extra. But mm-hmm. if they win as well, it bridges the goal difference differential, which right now they're four behind. So, uh, so yeah, it's very in play. And Tottenham aren't afraid to get battered either. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. right, that's Forward. a wrap for us. <laughs> Don't forget to check out mbcsportsedge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks to Drew Dinsick, to Brad Thomas, to Danny Higginbotham. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back tomorrow uh, breaking down the NFL schedule and uh, giving out our best NFL futures bets. Check it out. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.